Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Taking five things to a higher level. By higher level, I mean increasing in five things. Increasing in five things. And today, I'm going to jump right in the second part of the fourth thing that we introduced last week uh, by video. And the title of the video uh, was, It's All About the Heart. It's all about the heart. <clears throat> well, the, the thing is that as I was praying, it's the second part to that message that I wanted to bring. And the Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to bring what you were going to bring. I want you to bring something that's more important. Let's continue with the theme. It's all about the heart. But it's not going to change anything. I said, whoa, it's not going to change anything. So let me introduce the message with a few statistics. One statistic says that nearly half of young evangelicals, evangelicals are those Christians who believe uh, that the gospel consists of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Half, nearly half of these young people, and young people by the young people, they don't mean 56 or 70. They mean 18 to 29. And I know we have some people who fall in that category. They favor same-sex marriage. That's nearly half. These are not just students. These are not just 18 to 29-year-olds throughout America, unsaved and saved. These are just saved people that believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, truth, and life. They did a survey, and it said that Nearly half favor same-sex marriage. So regardless of what the Bible says, they don't believe that. Another statistic that was interesting was that 65% of all Christians believe there are multiple paths to heaven. 65% of Christians believe that there are multiple paths to heaven. Now, this is in America. Now, Now, that's alarming to me because if nearly, if 85%, how many percent is left? I said, my goodness gracious, we're talking about about, uh, I guess 35% left. I said, my goodness gracious, what are we going to do? Another statistic says that 55%, 55% of those attending church 
at least once a month attending church now, at least once a month, have not had a born-again experience. 55%. That's over, over half. Is it alarming to you? It says <laughs> that 55% of those attending church at least once a month now. Now, I'm not talking about just people who say they're Christians. I'm talking about they, they attend church. They attend church. At least. That means that some attend church more, some attend less, but at least once. Okay. And I said, well, God, that's, that's over half the people. And, and we know we're not talking about Cornerstone, right? Okay, we know that. <laughs> we're talking about just all across America. of regular church attenders do not believe that sharing their faith is important. Those statistics were alarming to me. They they were alarming. And just a few more, two more statistics that deals with, that didn't deal with Last week's giving message, it says that, I said, my goodness, my, 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 my. I didn't, I really didn't believe this, but it's true, so they say. A survey said that 24% of all the evangelical Christians now, when I say evangelical Christians, now you know I'm talking about people who believe in salvation, that the gospel contains salvation by grace alone, and they believe that the Jesus Christ's atonement atoned for their sins. So we're talking about Christians. 24%. Now, if 20, let, let's say for math purposes, uh, let's say 25%. Now, how many don't tie? On average, 75%, right? 75%. And if we go by that statistic right there, it would be 76%. So you think that, wow, what? What are we believing? Do you know that the last statistic, let me give you the last, last statistic. They said that on the average right now, on the average right now, across America, that Christians, not just Christians only, church members, church members, they're members, church members, attend church on the average of twice a month. Now, we're not including those who work on Sunday. We're not including those. That was not included because some people work on Sunday. They can't get here. Like I have a daughter now that's working. She works every Sunday right now because she goes to school during the week, and she's working essential on just the weekend. Now, I'm 
But these are people not, not working on Sunday. They just don't come for whatever reason. And the survey said that in 10 years, in 10 years, it'll be down to approximate members coming to church once a month on average. Once a month. Now, if 75% don't believe in tithing and they only come once a month, what does that say about your finances in the church? See, I was out of church for approximately five months or something like that. And just think, if I didn't tithe and I only gave when I came, that means that I wouldn't have given anything for five months. But, of course, if that was if that, that way with my mortgage, I wouldn't have any place to live. You see? But I sent my tithe each time I got paid. Matter of fact, my neighbor called me in the hospital, and we would agree and pray over our tithe each time. But those things were alarming. So you can understand why the Holy Spirit said, you know what you were going to teach. Uh, don't, don't, don't teach on that. Because it's really not going to do much good. This is what I want you to teach on. Last week is all about the heart. This week, what I'm teaching on is that how do we get a heart changed? How do we change our hearts? Because the Holy Spirit said, until the heart of people change, and we're talking about Christians now, until the heart changes, nothing's going to change. There's no need to talk about tithes, no need to talk about giving, no need to talk about anything like that, because it's not about giving. It's not about uh, going to church. It's not about... Uh, all these things, that these subject matters that we could talk about is really about a hard change because until that hard changes, people are not going to believe what, uh, what's taught. They're not going to believe it. So that's why you, you, you have the, the young people that are evangelicals, they're actually Christians, believe in same-sex marriage. Because they don't believe what's taught. They believe what, 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 what is. It's not right just to uh, deny a person. After, I, I, you know, that makes sense, not to deny them an opportunity to get married if they want to uh, get married. But see, what does the Bible say? See, it says, that's the thing. What does the Bible say? And so that if, if people are not thinking about God, they only think about what makes sense to them or what they believe in spite of what was taught in a message or what they heard on, on the iPod, a podcast, or a, a TV program, they don't believe it, then that's going to change. Because I would hate to see 20 to 30 years from now, if they said 10 years from now, Members will come once a month, then 20 or 30 years from now, they might not come at all, but say they're a member. 
So the Holy Spirit said, I want you to teach on how to change hearts. Because that's what it's about, changing your heart. It was all about the heart last week. You know, it's about the heart. But it can be about the heart, but the heart never changed. So how do you change your heart? That's the thing that I want to talk about. Because really, I know, really, I don't want to be in those statistics. I really don't. I don't want my children to be in those statistics. I don't want you to be in those statistics. Statistics are just what people do. Saved or unsaved. Because you can go statistically and uh, they'll, they'll say, well, Everybody who say they are Christians are really not Christians. So I don't care what people say, really. What I want to know is what does God say. So let's go over four things today and see what, how can we get our heart really changed. Uh, are you in agreement that these statistics are not what we want to be for Cornerstone. I know that my heart needs changing. I know that. And I know that your heart needs changing. We are not what we are going to be. But I know one thing. We got to continue to say, I'm not what I used to be. I don't want to, I, I don't want to be next week the same way I was this week because the weeks go by pretty fast. And pretty soon it's going to be Thanksgiving. Pretty soon it's going to be Christmas. Pretty soon it's going to be a New Year. Pretty soon it's going to be Easter. Pretty soon it's going to be summer. Right? Pretty soon it'll be right back to, oh, man, it's right back again. Another year gone by. And these years add up pretty fast. Ask anybody who's old enough to know that, man, see, I don't even remember a lot of things I did when I was 22, 23. I remember one thing I did when I was 22, I got married. But other than that, and I was teaching and coaching, but other than that, it's a lot of things. I don't even remember what I did on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I have no clue. But time goes by fast. And I was looking at pictures from our, we did a Connect Step class, and I was showing pictures of our elders and of me. And, you know, Brianna, you look different now than you did then. I look different now than I did, you know, 20 years ago. Time moves on. Time moves on. Those of you who have teenagers now, after a while, they're going to be married. Those of you who are in college now, after a while, you know, you're going to be in your 30s. Right? You're going to be in your 30s. I hope you get to I hope you live to be 30. 
And I know some of you twins say, I hope I don't because I don't want to be 30. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. There's nothing like your 30s until you get 40. <laughs> and I didn't think I would ever, ever say that I was 60 years old like Jack. Jack, you're, you're not 60. Are you 60, Jack? I see, I know Jack wasn't 60 because he's. He, he, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it. You got over it. There you go. That's right. That's right. You got over it. Praise God. We both got over it, brothers. You know. And I was, I was listening to a, a pastor, and I think he's 85, and he's preaching every Sunday. And I said, well, Man, but there there are other people who didn't make it to be the 80. And I want to be one to still, like Joshua and Caleb, I want to be just as strong at 40 as I was at 20 or 80 as I was at 40. I want to be the same uh, when I get to be 81 that I now am at 71. I want to be. But that's up to God. And it's up to me, too. Because that's, that's why we can't keep eating the same way we were eating at one time. We got to eat a little bit different, don't we? We got to eat a little bit more healthier. And now that I'm doing that, my daughter's trying to get me to exercise a little bit. Because now my exercise is from the Bedroom to my office. <laughs> it tired me out, actually, to go shopping, walking. You know, because they did man, nervous in me. Remind me, we walk and walk, 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 look at it, walk, walk, walk. And then I'm sore the next day. So I know I need to improve that. I know I do. So time moves on. So I want my heart changed. I want my heart changed every single day. Every single day. The first thing I'm going to give you is the last thing. The last thing is that I want you to obey God's word and leave the consequences to him. If you want a heart change, you're going to have to obey God's word and leave the consequences to him. That's what we're going to have to do. As we obey the word, do you realize, you say, well, what does that have to do with a heart change? Well, let me tell you. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is active. It's alive. Alive. It's like, it's like yeast. It's better than yeast, of course. But you, if you put yeast in bread and put it at the right temperature and all that kind of stuff, what's the flour going to do? It's going to rise because the yeast is going to cause it to rise. Well, the word of God 
when it gets in us, it starts making changes in us. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Divide us up. It's on the other soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. And it's, a, it's a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God, it, it, when it gets in you, it starts making changes. If I want my heart changed, if we want our heart changed, the last thing we... I'm giving the last first. We have to get in the word of God. We have to get in the word of God. We can't get in the word of God every now and then, like on a Sunday, and you see it on the screen, and you say, well, I was in the Word of God this week. No, you got to get in the Word of God every single day because you want to be changed every single day. Your heart needs to be changed, and your heart's not going to change if you don't get in the Word because what you hear today might not be what you need today. What you heard last week might not be what you needed last week. What you hear here in any message might not be what you need then. God wants to speak to you. He wants a, a living relationship with you. He wants an active relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. You know, he wants to converse with you. He wants to know your, your hurts, your pains. He, he wants to know your joys. He wants to know your concerns. And as, as you do that and you get in his word, he'll start speaking to you. And as he's speaking to you, you say, well, okay, I see that, God. I see that right there. I'm not doing that right there. And you say, by your grace, I'm going to start doing that. Or you might see something that you're doing. And you say, well, God, I just praise you that you have worked this in me. So either way, it's going to be a praise or it's going to be a prayer when you're reading the word. Because it's alive. If we want to be changed. We must be in the Word every single day. And I tell you, I can tell you, I don't have to tell you statistics because I don't know statistics on who's in, how many people get in the Word. I, I didn't even look at it because it's not important. Okay? But I do know I ask people. I ask people all the time. I was, I was getting my, my uh, car inspected the other day, and, and I, was, I was sitting in, in this little room waiting for them to inspect my car. and a lady came in. The lady was already in there, so I started talking to her. I said, hey, um, do you go to church here? And so we started talking. Yes, she goes to church. And then, yes, she da, 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 da. Uh, Her car was ready. She left out. Another one came in. And I said, I don't feel like talking to anybody. And then, yeah, I remember I'm supposed to be an example. Don Sunshine says I'm supposed to witness. The word of God says I'm supposed to witness. So, okay. So, uh, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a young young, young lady. 20, she was 25 years old. Uh, I know that because she told me. But anyway, I said, I said, you know what? I can sit here and ignore you. And you can ignore me. And we can just sit here like, like neither one of us exists. I said, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to make some conversation with you. That's what I'm supposed to do. I said, so, uh, are you from Lynchburg? You know, you start off, you know, uh, and she said, um, no. She's from uh, another place. And um, she's from surrounding areas. And I said, well, 
are you a Christian? Yes. And, and I said, um, do you believe the word? Yes. Do you read the word? She said, you know, my, my, my stepdad gave me a, a little devotional, and, and I, I, I look at that in the morning. I said, that's great. So we, we started, then I started encouraging her. And, and we start talking about what I got in my devotional that morning, which I'm, I'm in uh, Genesis because I want to go back to the Bible again. And, and so I, I said, you know, do you know you're my sister? We're related. And she's white. And uh, I said, you have to be because Noah his three boys and their wives and his Noah's wife, all of them were in the ark. That's the only ones that were saved. And every single person came from Noah's sons, and so we were related. She said, you're right. We are. I said, uh, she asked me where did I go to church. I told her Cornerstone Community Church. I asked her where she goes to church, and she goes to church uh, somewhere. Uh, I won't tell you, but. Anyway, it's not even around this area. It's from a surrounding area. Uh, She goes to a church. And I said, in our church, we have probably about 6 to 40. About 6% white, about 40% black. And she said, oh, yeah? I said, yeah. I said, I'm the pastor. I said, how's your church? And she said, my church don't have nobody white. I said, well, that's a shame. I said, because you know what? It's not going to be that way in heaven. And she said, you're right, it's not. And, and she started getting friendlier and, and, and you know, stopped thinking I'm weird, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so she started talking about stuff and started talking. And, and we had a good conversation. When she, when she got up, they, they said, your car ready, man. She got up and she said, it was so good talking to you. Uh, you have a great day. And I said, you too. Uh, and so it, it, it was interesting that do you know that most people don't read their Bible? Most people don't read their Bible on a daily basis. And if you don't read it on a daily basis, how can you be changed? Because we're talking about change now, right? I said, we're going to talk about change. I said, I'm going to give the last one first. There's four things. So, so I want to be changed, so I read my Bible daily. Now, on Sunday morning, usually in the, in the morning, on Sunday morning, I don't read it uh, because I'm, well, I do read it, but I'm, I'm reading over my message. So, and I'm reading over my scriptures and things like that. Uh, then today when I get back, I'll start then uh, reading and listening to the, to the Bible and things like that. So, that is one thing. That's the last thing. Let me give you the first thing. Okay. You said, why did you give me the last first? I didn't tell you this statistic. I didn't tell you that. Because I was so, so, I mean, it was so terrible. I mean, I was so ashamed to give it to you. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. You know, statistically, this is what they say. Everybody that was in church last Sunday, all over the United States, Half of them can't remember not one spiritual truth 
that they got from service. They can't remember it. I mean, it, it was talked about, of course, but they, they can't remember it. Half the people. I said, wow. Wow. Now, I can remember. It was a video, right? It was all about the heart. See, I can, I can, I can remember because I, I, I reviewed it. I didn't look at the video again, but I, I had the notes. I gave you all the notes, too. It was in your bulletin. It was inserted in your bulletin. I said, you mean to tell me if I asked them, what did Elder John teach on two weeks ago? If they can't remember, if half of them can remember what, what, what was taught last week, how are they going to remember what was taught two weeks ago? So there's a disconnect somewhere. Somewhere. That's why God says you, you, your heart got to, got, got, got to change. Ms. Dorsey told me one time, she said, you know, I had to review these messages. I had to, I had to, I had to, um, y'all need to start giving out these cassette tapes again. But we don't have cassette tapes anymore. They don't even make those things on things, okay? Uh, but you can go online and listen to it. But, so, but you have to review the thing. But, see, if my heart hasn't been changed, I really don't think it's important enough to review. Because, after all, it didn't touch me. That's how we say You know, it, that message didn't do nothing for me, that, that – uh, uh, that, that video that he showed about all about the heart, that, that didn't do nothing for me. I want, I want something that touches me. Well, the only way you're going to get something to touch you on a, on, on a daily basis, you get in the Word. And God will touch you. you see? Number one, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be. Let's look at it in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3. Now, there was a, a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that, that you have come from God as a teacher for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. That's what he said. Now, Jesus, it's like he ignored, ignored what Nicodemus said. But Nicodemus was talking about what? He, he, he knows that, that you're a teacher. You came from God because of the what? Miracles that he done. Now Jesus, Jesus didn't say, "Yeah, you know, you're right. I did. I came from God. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you." He could have said that what he said about, you know, uh, Peter, but he didn't. He said, Jesus answered him, verse three, answered him and said to him, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again." He cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus thinks it's important enough to ignore what he, had, he was talking about 
let's go to another subject. Let's go to the most important thing, Nicodemus. We, we got There's no need to waste time talking about, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher and, I, and just all these miracles. Because the greatest miracle is going to be your salvation. You must be born again. That's the very first thing. See, see, if you look at those statistics that were that, that was given, or you listen to them again, or whatever you, if you remember any of them, and, and you say, well, you mean to tell me most of the people, a lot of the people that's in all the churches over the United States are not even born again, haven't had a born again experience, then obviously that is important, isn't it? No wonder they believe that same-sex marriage is okay. No wonder they believe that uh, there was another statistic I didn't give you about young people. Uh, more than half of them believe that premarital sex is never wrong. No wonder they believe those things because they don't know the Word of God. They, and they don't know the Word of God because they're not born again. They don't even get in the Word. You've got to be born again. That's number one. That's number one. That's what he dealt with, with Nicodemus. You must be born again. We have to start there. We've got to start there. If you, if you sit in church like I did, I went to church with my mom, and I listened to the preacher preach, I, I didn't wait till next Sunday to be able to say, I don't know what he taught last Sunday. I didn't even know what he taught when I left the church. I really didn't. But so I joined church, got baptized in the river, and I still didn't know what was taught because I was not born again. I didn't get born again until I came to this church by another name, Faith Christian Fellowship. I got born again there. Well, it wasn't in church. It actually was in my bedroom. But because the pastor was teaching the Word of God, because I was reading, looking at the Word of God, I said, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I don't even like heat. <coughs> so I said, God, save my soul. <clears throat> but do you know that God met me where I was? That, that's the wrong reason. We don't, we, don't want to, we don't want to get born again because of fire insurance, do we? No. So, but God worked with me where I was and started moving me to another level because as I was reading, I said, well, man, this thing is good. Man, you can, you can uh, get saved and start being a millionaire. I see in the word, this, 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 and I found out that you can get saved and you start having a whole lot of problems. Which is good, because those problems, what they do, is strengthen you. You don't get strength, you don't get strong by lifting a fork to your face. You get strong by lifting weights, resistance. So number one is what you must be what born again. Number two is that you must dedicate your bodies to God and renew your mind. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans 12. Now, you, of course, you've heard the scripture before. But number two is 
It says, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, and this is when he said therefore is because what he said above and what he was talking about is, is just uh, how God uh, brought us in and he's going to bring the Jews back in and all oh, how awesome God is and then it leads into therefore I urge you brother by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Acceptable means well-pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So we have to present ourselves to God. That's what we said that you need intimacy, increase your intimacy with God, increase your time spent with God so that as you spend time with him, God is a holy God. And the in heaven, you're going to hear, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Do you know that God is holy? And as we spend time with the holy God, we start wanting to be like God. Whoever we spend time with, a lot of times, if they, if they uh, uh, have anything good about them, we want, to, we want some of that good stuff to rub off on us. We want to be like the person that we love. And if we love Jesus, then, and we spend time with him, we want to be like him. And Jesus is a holy God. So therefore, and he tells me in the word, I want you to be holy. I don't want you to uh, have premarital sex. Then, of course, if I'm, if I'm presenting my body a living sacrifice to him, holy and accepting his sight, then therefore, I said, well, you know what, God? Uh, I don't understand why, but I know that I'm, I must do that number four thing that, he, that the pastor talked about first, which was that we should obey God, obey his word, don't we? We're supposed to do that. We got to leave the consequences to him, don't we? And he's more than able. Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. You remember I told you in a previous message, that we're in another kingdom, right? We're in another kingdom, and in this other kingdom, we got to go by those kingdom rules. We can't go by the rules of this kingdom right here, kingdom of the world. We got to go by the kingdom of heaven. And so the kingdom of heaven rules will tell you different than these rules. So we got to renew our mind to the word of God. Number two, number three, number one was it must be going born again. Number two was uh, we must dedicate our bodies, a living sacrifice, and renew our mind. Number three is we must be citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Let's look at Philippians three. And let's go to Verse 20. For our citizenship is in where? Heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. From which is heaven. 
we're waiting for a Savior. Our citizenship is there. Our citizenship is not here. And number four, then, which I gave first, was that we need to obey God's word and leave the consequences to him. We need to obey God's word and leave the consequences to him. And see, because because the, usually the only reason I don't obey God's word is because I said, well, if I do that, the consequences might be great. Let me, let me end with, with one story. Uh, it's from uh, the, the scripture, of course, the Old Testament. And it says, it's talking about Elijah. You remember when, when, when God sent him to the, to the widow at Zarephath? You remember that? And, and he told Elijah, that's where I want you to go. Get up and go. Because I have ordered, I have commanded, I have instructed, depending on what verse you read it, a widow there to sustain you, to feed you. And when he got there, this widow was coming out, and she was gathering a stick. And Elijah said, hey, could you, could you bring me some water? She said, yeah, i go get some water. And he said, hey, by the way, and bring me uh, a little cake, a little something to eat, some bread to eat. And she said, oh, as the as Lord your God lives, all I have is a little jar of this and a, a little cruise of oil, olive oil here. I don't have enough for you and me. All I'm going to do is just gather these sticks, and I was going to make a fire, and I was going to make a cake, make something for my son and me. We were going to eat it and die. I don't have enough for you. Now, of course, Lydia said, oh, oh, my goodness gracious, I shouldn't do that because it's probably going to hit the Internet and go viral. No, he didn't say that, did he? What did he say? Hey, look, go do what I asked you to do. Then do what you said you're going to do. But I want you to make me a cake first and bring it to me. Then go and do what you said. Then he says, he gave us some encouragement. The Lord says that that, that little oil you got, it's not going to run out. That little uh, flour you got, it's not going to run out until God sends rain on the land. So they gave an encouragement because God already told them. So she went and did what he said. And we know the results, don't we? Now, I, uh, uh, let me give you a real life story. It's not from the Bible, but it's, but it's real. I had a lady ask me, say, should I tie? This lady was on a fixed income. She said, I was told that I don't, I don't need to tie because I serve, I do all these things, I don't have that much money. I said, you cannot afford to not tie. You can't afford it. You remember that, Ms. Dawson? You can't afford it because Ms. Dawson's the one who told me. She wasn't even in this church at the time. Where are you? You're somewhere else. You're somewhere else. I said, you can't afford not to tie. Who are you going to lean on if you don't even have enough for yourself now? Who's going to provide for you? God. How are you going to provide for God and you robbing God? You're stealing from him. Hey, how is he going to provide for you? You can't afford not to tie because you're going to be dependent upon him. As far as my knowledge, you've been tied there since, haven't you? And she doesn't make that much. I'm going to tell you, I know how much she makes because she told me. Well, I'm telling you, she doesn't make that much. 
I don't see how you live. Right? But you've been tithing every single time you get your your check. Is that right? But has has God provided? He provides every single month. All, whatever she needs, he provides. You see? So, see, Elijah knew. God, God knew God said, look, this woman, she doesn't know the principles of the kingdom because she's not a Christian. She's from Zarephath. That's like Zidon. That's where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's where Jezebel came from. And you know they didn't serve no no God. They they just so served God. They, I mean, they, were, they were just as wicked as they could be. And that's where this woman was from. But this woman did what God said, what the prophet said, what God said, told her, and the prophet might, might reminded her and encouraged her. She did it, and it worked for her. Do you, see, do you, you understand what I'm saying? This woman didn't have much now. She didn't have much, but God was trying to get her more. How are you going to get more and you won't do what God tells you to do? Because God loves you. He loves you. He wants you to have your needs met. And let me tell you, it's not about money. It's not about church attendance. It's not about uh, whether you believe in gays, whether you don't believe in gays. It's about the word of God. If the word of God says, I'm against this, then you be against it. If the word of God says, I'm for this, then you be for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Our heart has to be changed. That's what must happen. Our hearts must be changed. If our hearts change, and I'm in this word, God's changing my heart, then I don't care what the subject matter is. It can be uh, who you're going to vote for in this election. I don't, I don't care about Republican. I don't care about Democrat. I don't care about uh, independence. All I care about is who is most of following what God says, even though none of them are. That's true, none of them are. But some might be doing a little bit more in areas that I know is sensitive to God. I don't want to vote for somebody who's, who's doing just the opposite of God, do you? If I knew he, if I knew he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, why would I want to why would I want to say, well, you know what? I'm going to be for this person because I want the United States to destroy it too. That's crazy. Number one, you must be what? Born again. Number two, you know, in Romans, offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holding self in the sight, which is your reasonable act of worship. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you've got to renew your mind through the Word. Number three, our citizenship is in heaven. And number four, which I did first, is that obey God. This this means the word, obey God, and leave the consequences to him. Isn't that what the widow of Zarephath did? She obeyed God and left the consequences to him. That's what Ms. Joyce said. Ms. Joyce did. She did what I told her 
that, hey, you, you got the tie. You can't afford not to tie. She did it. She is still being provided for. Your little money, excuse me, it's a little. Your little money hasn't run out. It, God keeps adding to it, doesn't he? He keeps adding to it. I know it works. It works in every single area of your life, your children, how you bring your children up. Don't say, well, I don't want to do this because, you know, uh, the world says, what does the Bible say? Okay. Made it people who are going to do communion come up here. God's good. I want things to change. I want us to change. Because I, we, as elders, we got to have to be responsible for you. For you. We got to stand before God to answer for your soul. We care. We care. Just stand for you. Would you go out to your right? And this is the person that's going to serve that side. This is the person that's going to serve this This is the right here and over there. And make what you do the sound booth. Okay. Let's come out and get your elements and hold it until we all can partake together. Jesus. receive communion because we want to remember we want to remember what he died for he didn't die for us to have our own way he didn't die for us to have our own thoughts he didn't die for us to make up our own minds or to believe what the world world says or believe what we think we should do or what seems good he died for our sins so that we can be like him. He wants us to be like him. That's what we celebrate. His death. He died for our sins. He paid a dear price that we can obey the word of God. This word of God has been preserved Your guest, the little wafer is underneath the first little thing, and then the juices under the second. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do it and remember of me let's take 
us partake of We thank you, Father, that your body was broken for us. We thank you for that. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Lord, he shed his blood for us. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So we thank you for your shed blood, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Father, for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you, Father, that your body was broken for us and your blood was shed for us. We thank you, Father, that you want us to be just like you. You want us to spend time with you. You want us, Lord, to reach other people, to do outreach, to to talk to people more than we have because you died for the sins of the world and your desire is for none to be lost, for all to be saved. Father, you died. Your body was broken for us. That Father, that we would be givers like you. You give to the ungodly just like you do to God. You make the sun shine, the rain to, to rain on the just and the unjust. Everybody who woke up today, whether they're saved or unsaved, they woke up because it's your breath of life. You're so good, Lord. You want us to be good like you're good. You gave your only begotten son that whosoever believe him should not perish but have everlasting life. You want us to give, Father, like you give. You gave to the widow woman at Zarephath, and, and, and she was not even a Christian. There were widows in Israel, and you went to Zarephath. And it shows us that the unsaved, you would do for them just like you do for your body, if they will obey your word. She obeyed the word of the, came through the prophet, and she was sustained. We thank you for those examples, Lord, because we are not what we should be. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia, at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you 
and give you peace.